Hi everyone, you are listening to CJLY 93.5 FM in Nelson, which is also 96.5 FM in Crawford Bay, 101.5 FM in the Lower Silicon Valley, and 107.5 in New Denver. This is Query, which is the queerest hour on Kootenai Co-op Radio. We get curious about queer and gay and trans and two-spirit topics in our community and beyond, and we talk about these things for you, our lovely listeners. So we've been on a little bit of a holiday break for the past couple weeks, but we are back and we are refreshed from our holidays and... Feeling rejuvenated. I am... I've been on a three-week hiatus. I went for a little tour because I had some time off. Um, so, yeah, I guess I'm going to give you the report, reporting back from Queer Canada. <laughs> um, I guess my first stop was in Halifax, which is where I'm from. And um, it was great to go back and see so many familiar faces and just, like, do the simple things that, um, you know, like go to your favorite coffee spot and hang out there all day. As you do. <laughs> Have things changed much since the last time you were there? Um, you know, I feel like a lot of it is like pretty much the same. But of course, there's like new um, new developments that like pop up, like new coffee shops and new trendy little things to go to. Um, but yeah, so it was great. I just like stayed with friends and had the chillest time ever snuggling with puppies. <laughs> Um, and then after about 10 days there, I went and, uh, visited, um, some family. Um, I had Christmas at my brother's place and he has a new, um, a new partner that I was, well, new to me, kind of, we haven't had, <laughs> we haven't had much time to spend together. So it was nice kind of getting to know her, although it was like pretty anxiety packed. Just being around family is kind of it can be stressful for a lot of people. And especially if you don't see your family very often, um, the holidays can be like a pretty influential time because yeah, if you don't see them and you, and you see them so intensely over the, the course of like a week or so, what happens in that week or so really sets the course of your relationship for the year. Do you find that? Well, I see my family all the time. Um, in terms of I live with them and at least my my immediate family, my extended family I don't see so much and haven't been celebrating the holidays with, so I have kind of a different experience. But even having the time set aside for the holidays to so just hang out with your family like nonstop for a week, mm. that's intense. And I find I'm like, I need some alone time. Yeah, I'm going to go for a walk right now. <laughs> Um, what was I going to ask you, um, in terms of, uh, like family, is it easy for you to talk to your family about like being queer and what that means for you? Do you talk to them the same way that you would talk to like me? Um, well, two of my siblings are also queer, so they're kind of (laughs) the majority in my family, my other sister who isn't uh is really chill and you know she's she's used to us and our 
ways um, and she embraces us. Um, I come from a family that is like super religious and uh, like oftentimes things are just kind of pushed under the carpet, so to speak. And um, I don't know, I came out a long time ago, but ever since I did that, um, there are certain like family members that are like kind of like slightly distant or whatever. But you know how it is like you have this like relative that you don't see very often and it is like pretty homophobic and then all of a sudden like they're in your space and like dealing with that is pretty difficult for instance um I went to go visit um some family and my yeah my uncle was there and he just kind of like locked himself in the room and like or like in his room and like wouldn't come out and speak to me for like hours I'm like come on buddy get it together I guess that's kind of um, another reason why like chosen families in the queer community are so important, you know, just so that you can find your support um, in in a community, you know, like outside of the one that you were born into. And for me, a lot of those people in Halifax. So I just wanted to um, maybe play a song by some of my close buds. Um, this is a band called Buttes from Halifax. And that's uh a bunch of really close friends of mine. Um, and the song is called The City Loves Me. You're listening to Query on Kootenai Co-op Radio. And with your hosts, Axel and... Yeah. We are missing Shaz today, but maybe Shaz will pop in at the end for a cameo. We'll see. Yeah. So, what else has been going on in town? It's been snowing forever. Quite heavily. I was so scared even to walk down the hill today. Yeah, it's really slippery. Do you got your crampons? (laughs) I do not have my crampons on. I love crampons. Just so everybody knows. Really difficult because they fall off my boots but maybe I just don't have the right ones yeah maybe they're not on snug enough yeah winter queer fashion crampons <laughs> on blundstones <laughs> yeah you said it you said it so on Friday I was at an event in the snow that was in solidarity with the Wet'suwet'en First Nation uh, or sorry, just Wet'suwet'en Nation, and who are and have been for many years occupying their traditional territory in so-called northern BC that is geographically, just to give you an idea, west of Prince George. We just Googled it. We did Google it. So There, there was a protest, right? There was a pro- protest that happened in town? Did yeah, you... so it was a rally that was in solidarity because the provincial Supreme Court granted an injunction to the pipeline company Coastal Gas Links, who have a proposed pipeline that they would like to build on Wet'suwet'en territory, that the hereditary chiefs, which is their governance system, traditional governance system, have opposed and said that they're not okay with this pipeline happening. And so they've, over the past year, especially been involved in 
trying to stop this pipeline from happening on their territory, which they have gone to court um, back in the 90s to prove that they never surrendered or handed over the title and rights to the territory to the government. However, the Supreme Court did grant this injunction for the pipeline company to go in and start working, and a similar injunction was given last year at around this time, and it was on January 7th, 2019, I believe, that the RCMP went in in full military garb and forcibly removed and arrested Wet'suwet'en people, uh, including elders, from the territory. And it's been almost, it's been a year since then, I guess. And this is just like continuing? Like it's just continuously happening now? Well, yes, essentially. The United Nations has called on Canadian government to stop work on the pipeline and to not allow coastal gas links to continue work because Canada has signed on to the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People, which is called UNDRIP for short sometimes, or U-N-D-R-I-P. Okay. And this states that Indigenous people have a right to not be forcibly removed from their land and that they also have a right to have informed prior consent to any resource-related projects that are happening on their territories, which it's a bit complicated because there is a band system as well that governs the bands of the Wet'suwet'en First Nation, Mm -hmm. which have consented to the pipeline. And so they say that, therefore, they do have consent and that the Wet'suwet'en people who are preventing pipeline work from happening are like don't have a right to say no. However, the ban councils only govern the reserve land. Oh. Essentially. Oh, okay. So they have a right to decide what goes on on their within like the reserves, but not in like the greater territory. Yes, which it was proven in court that the Wet'suwet'en have rights and title to this full, I think it's like 22,000 square kilometers mm. of territory that is also part of the proposed pipeline. So basically the UN has said to Canada, like, Canada, can you please not do this and not have your police force go in and take Indigenous people away from their land and arrest them. And the Wet'suwet'en have said they want to have nation-to-nation talks with Canada to basically figure this out. Uh, But Canada is not willing to talk. Uh, They're just willing to send their militarized police force to basically work for corporations and take away Indigenous people's rights and relationship to the land. So we had a rally about it on Friday in Nelson on Sinaiq's territory. And there was also a banner that was dropped on the Big Orange Bridge. Okay, cool. In solidarity, right next door to the RCMP. How did that go over? Oh, it was very, very snowy. (laughs) Um, And 
it's very hard to make a big banner, I think. Uh, you, you really have to make it real big if you want it to be seen, but it was nice. It was it was a good banner drop. It felt good. Did you see the banner that was uh um uh like it it was like it was like on the rocks, you know, um uh Oh yeah, on pulpit? Yeah, that was pretty good like one, right? Yeah. Something? Yeah. I, I couldn't read it. Yeah, me neither. But it's but, it, but it, everyone saw it though. We saw it and we, we didn't know what it, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody has to get their binoculars out next time. Yeah. Tell us what it says. Um did you wanna did you wanna play a song in solidarity? Yeah, yeah. I guess I also just wanted to encourage people to look into this as it's happening in so-called Canada. And if you are a settler or not, uh, that this is important for us to know because there are human rights violations happening. And it's up to us to make sure that the prime minister and our oh my god the premier i totally just blanked on the like provincial leader i was like what are they called again uh does it matter that they know that we care about this and that we want to make sure that indigenous people are being respected and allowed to do what they're doing on their own land which is including helping to heal and to do their traditional hunting and fishing and gathering and that this pipeline jeopardizes that and jeopardizes, frankly, all of our rights to live on this planet and have access to, you know, clean drinking water and it's not cool. So I'm going to play a song that is a cover of a song by a tribe called Red, and it is the Unistoten Camp remix of Stadium Powwow by a tribe called Red. You can't bulldoze over my people. Our land, our final say, no pipelines will come on our land. If you want to learn more about what is happening at Unistoten on camp on Wet'suwet'en territory, there is a 18-minute documentary called Invasion. There is also a screening of this documentary that happened after the rally on Friday, and you can find that on YouTube if you just uh, Google Invasion Documentary, and you can learn about what's going on up there, and the Wet'suwet'en are calling for people to stand in solidarity uh, and take actions to show their support, and for organizations to come out with statements saying that they support the Wet'suwet'en and their right to their territory and to occupy it peacefully and that we call on the governments, on the RCMP and on Coastal Gas Links to respectfully get out of Wet'suwet'en territory where they don't have a right to be. So learn more, and uh, we'll see you at the next rally. 
Um, yeah, so I guess now it's time for our weekly se- segment on uh, on my Tinder profile account. So <laughs> I'll give you guys all uh, a thorough update of um, how Tinder goes when you're traveling across the country. Oh my gosh, I can only imagine like big city Tinder. Like what is that? Do you ever run out of people to swipe on? It's crazy. Like leaving this town you feel like there are just like the possibilities are endless like um and okay so if you use tinder you know that um in nelson anyway you can swipe through through everybody in like two hours but if you're in i don't know like a city like toronto or something like literally it doesn't stop and honestly i just kind of after a while you kind of just get bored of it but um, the important thing, or not the important, it's not really important, but it's like pretty cool that, um, it's a good way to connect with people that you, like, that you've met in like previous circumstances and their faces just pop up. And usually I like, I swipe, uh, you know, right to those people. Like if I know you, I'll probably be like, Hey, what's up? Anyway, so, um, I'm in Toronto and, the first person that shows up on my Tinder account is like somebody I know. And I was so stoked to see them. And I was like, Hey girl. (laughs) Anyway. So, um, I got to hang out with a bunch of buddies and it's kind of like Tinder hooked it up for me. Thanks Tinder. Yeah. Um, and upon returning back to Nelson, I turned on my Tinder just to see like who is around. And same thing, there's lots of familiar faces, which is nice, but also some new faces, mostly Ooh. Australians. Right. The Australians are here as we have <laughs> forecast in previous episodes. You know, I was actually feeling really curious in the past couple of weeks. I maybe just like bored. I don't know. I feel bad about that, but I considered re-downloading Tinder just to, like, see what's out there. I haven't had Tinder in, like, a year, I think. And I just, there's the curiosity. What, but I What's guess, stopping you, honey? You can see me on there. I don't swipe, know. I don't actually right. want to talk to anyone. So I just feel a bit guilty about it. I don't know. I feel like I would just swipe, 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 and then, like, delete my account. Actually, yeah. I, I think I mentioned I mentioned in, like, previous, uh, in a previous episode in which, like, like it's Nelson, so like you'll see these people like walking down the street. There's no like no doubt about it. You're gonna see this person, so you could just like say hi. But at least now you know that they're homos. Yeah, and that they're out there swiping and potentially interested in <laughs> being <laughs> approached for yeah. the romance. I'm very pro Tinder world. Yeah, yeah. Do you think it's facilitated? a lot of good things happening uh yeah like it's like pretty exciting um and i've actually never done any other dating app i hear that bumble is all the rage Mm. yeah i've heard there's this one called hinge that's new tell me about it i have nothing to say about it other than maybe it's like you have to comment on a specific part of someone's profile or like a specific thing in their profile so if they have a picture of their dog then you have to like specifically like that and respond to it so it's trying to give you more things to open conversation with nice i I feel like that would really prevent the whole like oh hey you're cute yeah and then the person responds like 
You're also cute. Oh my god, it's Shaz. Are hey, hey, hey. Okay, sorry. Uh, I just got here. What uh what were we talking about? Um I Tinder. Was, yeah, Tinder. Ooh, okay. I was just saying that this new app, whatever it's called. Hinge, perhaps? Would maybe eliminate the the whole like two two like sentences and then dead air, oh. so to speak. Yeah. That's oh, always frustrating. And I was saying that I was considering downloading Tinder because I feel intrigued about finding out who is on Tinder. And also I had a session with my sister on her Tinder over the holidays and was swiping on all these people and was like, oh, this is kind of fun. And I was messaging people on, on her behalf. And <laughs> That is when I love doing that. So, so <laughs> you were catfishing? No, I was being her spokesperson. Okay, yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's different, but also hilarious because I feel like the stakes are so low for that, for me, for my sister. And, like, especially, like, it was Christmas. This is my straight sister, so she's, like, swiping on all the guys, and many of them are, like, just, like, visiting their family for the holidays. And so it's such low stakes. It's, like, you're not actually going to run into these people. So I take on a quite flirtatious and forward personality when I'm sending out messages, which is just, like, hilarious. But also, it's not me, so... I mean, it is me, but I'm not representing myself, so... Anyway, I was like, maybe I should get Tinder and just find out who's on there, but then I feel bad because I probably don't want to talk to people or meet up with them. And you, you, <laughs> should, you should do it just so that you can, like, read out your flirty conversations on the air. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't actually want to say that as myself, and I don't want to say that within the tiny queer community. <laughs> like, I don't want to send, like, really outrageous messages to people that I'm going to see 100% within the next three days at some event. It, it's funny. At our at our lunch in our lunchroom, we have this book called Tinder Chats, and it's, like, all these Tinder really? chats. Oh, yeah. And sometimes it's funny to just open it and, like, read <laughs> these, like, real chats that happen that just hilarious but um over this over the holidays i learned a very very like poignant word that i'd like to um ask uh axel axel are you sure you want a um a tinder account because i feel that you may be polysaturated <laughs> polysaturated that's my new favorite word that's is that when you have enough poly people in your life yeah you're just polysaturated i'm fine i'm fine i'm polysaturated i don't need another one no much not much space left no i may be polysaturated it's true but there's a chance that i'm not yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) for the right person that's right so you're almost poly you're like you're like a poly mono unsaturated (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i don't know how long it took me to think about it it's a so that's a chemical it's a chemical formula that i just <laughs> we're both like staring at you like uh, what does that mean? stop trying to label me just let me be no it's it's interesting because i've been thinking a lot this is related to why i wanted to talk about astrology but there have been some eclipses going on and For those of you who don't know as much about astrology, eclipses are a time when things get 
uncovered and revealed and they happen in cycles. So there's eclipses roughly every six months and within Western astrology, they happen in uh, two signs. So uh, yeah, essentially they illuminate those things and, and we all have all of the signs in our charts. So the eclipses that have been happening over the last like couple years have been in Cancer and Capricorn. Mm-hmm. Those have been going on. And they've been happening, uh, basically like illuminating some relationship stuff for me. And so this time last year, there was also eclipses happening. And I was going through this like this really intense breakup thing of being like, oh my gosh, this is like, it felt like the buildup of like every breakup that I ever had was then like happening through this one particular breakup that was more recent. And then that was a year ago. And, and over the past couple of weeks, I feel like the same kind of thing has come up for me where I'm like dealing with this intense, mm, I want to say trauma, but like, I don't know. It's it's a weird thing that I'm still like figuring out what it is, but I feel like that's been related to eclipses and part of that has been questioning how polyamorous I am or want to be. And it's I, hard. It's hard to you, to question. Is at this so I'm someone who's not really um experienced in polyamory. Can you can you like swing in your polyamory? So can you be like more polyamorous some some years or days than oh, for sure. uh, than others so yeah okay. i mean i think in a lot of ways everyone has experienced polyamory maybe not everyone but like if you've dated and if you've casually been seeing more than one person at a time then that kind of falls under the umbrella of polyamory or i don't know things like having friends with benefits and maybe still being interested and open to having romantic relationships that Mm. also kind of falls under the polyamory non-monogamy umbrella and I think that it is very there is so many different ways there's as many different ways to be non-monogamous as there are people being non-monogamous I want to go back to what you said about how this like breakup was a culmination of all your past breakups what do you mean well, does, does, okay, yes, is this a therapy session? Um, <laughs> but no, I'm willing to answer it. Um, I don't know, does, like, I just, there was this feeling of such immense loss that did not feel proportionate to what was actually happening. Mm. And so I would say that it felt like, I mean, in this situation, like I had been dumped and it just triggered me so much in that I was like viscerally feeling trapped in like the negative emotions of like every person that has ever abandoned me in any way. That's what I mean by the culmination. Like it was bringing up like, like my childhood, like parents separating trauma and like Um, yeah, just like other breakups of people walking away or like ghosting me, like important people who like cut me off suddenly. I get that. 
and then this happened again uh from someone that i really trusted and i was like oh my god this is like gonna continue happening forever not this shit again totally and it's like recognizing the pattern and like in that situation feeling really powerless to do anything about it because the issue was that people like the pattern was people cutting me off with no warning Mm. and not wanting to talk to me and I was like I don't even know what to do about that that's like about other people but like is it about me because I'm the common denominator that people keep doing this but they're different people so it's like what am I how am I participating in this and how am I bringing this upon myself by the people that I'm choosing to date, you know? I don't think it just happens to you. I think it's one of our the systemic problems with relationships in, in our society is that people think it's okay to ghost or people think it's okay not to, like, like to end a relationship and just have it as that without giving explanations or the journey forward as individual people. And I think it happens to a lot of people. Yeah, I it's... I have had experiences in which, um, like, the fears or insecurities of the other person, uh, like, in their mind, like, trump your own, so that it becomes, like, easier for people to do that. Mm. Projecting, almost. Mm. Yeah, and totally, like, I think, you know, I have had been able to debrief with some of the people that have ghosted me and it's not about me like it was never about me it's always about the other person and like their inability to cope and their inability to communicate or like show up it's not because of well I mean I'm sure in some situations like there was things that I did and ways that I contributed to that dynamic and that person not wanting to engage with me but Overall, it's generally the other person who's, like, too anxious or too depressed or, like, all of these things that they can't respond. But, like, I internalize it because I don't know because they haven't told me, like, I can't talk to you because I'm anxious. They just say nothing. Mm -hmm. And my insecurity is, like, oh, my gosh, like, I've done something wrong and they're not telling me and stewing in that forever. And, yeah, it's interesting, these patterns and, like... I do feel like we come back to patterns to heal, you know, and that in some ways that we get drawn into situations where there is a possibility that maybe it'll go another way Mm -hmm. and that we have the capacity to maybe change the situation if we're continuously going through this cycle. At least that's my hope. I hope we're not just like going through the same trauma and pain again and again for like no reason. And so over this holiday of reflecting on this and having an experience of being triggered back into this place of like people aren't going to be there for me and like people are going to go away like also like it was not the same you know it was not the same thing that triggered that as like last year when I was going through this breakup but still having to feel that and like yeah, I don't know. I guess just a year later of a breakup and being like, oh, yeah, that happened. And that was really intense. And like with the new year, reading my old journals and kind of reflecting on the last year and being like, wow, there was a lot of emotions. And like I survived and now I'm here and hopefully I learned something from that. And I think I did. I have a question for you. So we were talking about you were talking about um, 
uh, eclipses and signs in the past, but do you, we didn't mention what eclipses are in the signs that are going to be coming up this year. Do you know? Yeah, so there was just an eclipse on Friday in Cancer. And, and then a full moon. And a full moon, yeah. So it was a lunar eclipse and full moon. They, they go together because it's about the alignment of the, the planets, the moon and the earth and the sun. Okay. Um, which are all referred to as planets in astrological speak, mm-hmm. um, even though obviously the moon is not a planet and the sun is not a planet in science. Earth is a planet. Earth is a planet, good one. Um, so yeah, the eclipses are going to be shifting. They happen over like two or three year cycles. Every six months there's eclipses uh, approximately and they're shifting. So there's going to be eclipses happening over the next few years in Gemini and Sagittarius. Ooh, those mm-hmm. are two very interesting um I think almost opposite signs too, right? Yeah, they always happen in opposite houses. So oh, the, for okay. the past couple of years, it's been Cancer and Capricorn. And so that cycle is kind of wrapping up in the summer. Uh, there's going to be some intense astrology around the summer solstice. And then things will be shifting into uh, Gemini and Sagittarius. Mm. Yeah. And I'm really glad. I'm really glad that this eclipse cycle is wrapping up and hopefully I've learned something uh, from these things. I mean, my cancer is my rising sign. So that's the sign in my first house. And then opposite that is the seventh house, which is about committed partnerships and relationships. So the site, this cycle of cancer Capricorn for me has been a lot about like figuring out things about myself, my identity, and then like my relationship to like committed partnerships and relationships with others. And yeah, it's been really intense times. <laughs> and it's interesting that you're saying uh, what you're kind of wondering if you're um, polyamorous these days because you are, it is moving into a shift, right? And it's moving into a shift from relationships to what's the next cycle going to be? focused it's true yeah i still haven't figured it out i'm keep like honestly i've been waffling back and forth for the past two years at least being like am i monogamous do i want to be monogamous like do i want to not be monogamous like most of my relationships have been somewhat non-monogamous so that's kind of where i started uh not my first relationship but kind of since then I was handed a copy of The Ethical Slut, which is a book Great about book. polyamory and non-monogamy quite, quite early on uh, <laughs> in life by my mother. Uh, so it influenced me. I love that me. your mom gave you that book. Yeah. Did she give it to the other two? No. Just you? I don't think so. She, well, she, I mean, she bought it for herself and she okay. read it and then she was like, I think you should read this. And she gave it to me. And yeah, so that's been quite influential. And that's kind of how I've organized my relationships. But I don't know. I don't know how polyamorous I actually am. Because my tendency is that like once I actually am in a relationship, like when I'm single and seeing multiple people, I'm like, yeah, I can see multiple people. But once I start to get serious about one person, like I'm very serious about that person. And so I've just been wondering, like, am I? You can be poly on the side. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard because, yeah, it is that there's no scripts. There's like, which is exciting. It's nice that like there's no one telling you this is how you need to live your life uh, or organize your relationships. But it's also challenging because you have to make it up for yourself as you go. 
and yeah, I'm trying to figure it out. Can I say, can we please have your mom on the radio one 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 session? Let's do it. Please. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Did you also mention to our audiences that it's uh, Queers for Beers this Thursday? No, thanks for That's that. Right. Queers for Beers, and also At Torchlight. Yeah. Let's all go. Yeah, Eight maybe o'clock. we can. I was thinking about it. We can like. Um, Abduct, abduct, take over one of the uh, bathrooms and have interviews in the bathrooms. Ooh, smart. Because it's Reduce it's live echoes. music and it's really loud, so we can't like really interviews interview. for the radio? Yeah. In the bathroom? If you want to be cool. interviewed on our show, come to Queers for Beers this Thursday, January 18th, 16th? Yeah. 18th? 17th? Something. 16th. We'll see you there. And also in Valentine's Day... Um, the Royal has uh, given us the opp- given us the opportunity to have host an event. So, um, Kootenai Pride is hosting an event there for all us queers. Oh my gosh! Can we have a live recording of our show? <laughs> yes. So we're gonna do um, Matchmaker Radio. The three of us. I haven't pitched you the ideas just yet, but I'm pitching it to you now. Where we'll we'll go and we'll interview people for the ma- for Matchmaker, and then. We can, like, you know, match people up. Let's do it. Yeah. Have fun. Valentine's <laughs> Day, Friday. I want to see you all there. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so we're going to get to more query goodness and finish up with some unskilled advice. But first, we have a song for you. Um, This one is called Chewing Gum by Vendredi sur Mer. Enjoy. L'amour dans les draps. Et le week-end chez toi, c'est garde partagé pour un amour en danger. So welcome back. As you can hear, it's my sexy, sick radio voice because, you know, tis the season. So over the holiday season, I started to, you know, befriend somebody and get to know somebody new. And we've hung out a few times now. And... uh how do you ask? So my unskilled advice, I have a personal unskilled advice to ask you. How do you, how do you ask someone if they want to be more than just friends? Well, you could get really drunk and then just try to make out with them. That's true. But then, mm, yeah. So does that, I wouldn't recommend that. But I'm saying it's an option. It's a good option. I think it, it's an option that's an easy option for all of us. I think we've all done it a few times. but how do you make it meaningful right and do you like you're you're building a relationship as a friend and the relationship as a friend is going quite well and you're growing as a person and you're sharing space with each other very powerful space is it something that needs to go further and how do you ask somebody if they would like to explore going it further? Well, I guess it's also a question of how do we read each other and how do we know? You know, because I probably would only suggest this with a friend or inquire if I had some sense that they were interested in that. Hmm. You know? But how do you know if, like, because your friends are your friends and... They show interest in you as a person, so how do you go no. a little further? And sometimes it may be the seed needs to be planted. For me, there needs to be a vibe. 
Okay. Some sort of flirty vibe. Flirty vibe. Which sometimes friendships are just flirty and it doesn't necessarily need to go further, but I don't know. I would describe a flirty vibe. Like, so what's a flirty vibe? Well, I think flirtiness is kind of being cheeky. It's like, for me, it's like a smile that you're smiling, but you're also trying not to smile. And Mm. I think in general, flirting as a social experience is just letting other people know that you're interested in them and that you're paying attention to them and that you think they're cool and cute and stuff. This is, is like really intense eye contact flirty, flirty time. Like you just, is it? Okay. Maybe it can be. Okay. Okay. I mean, yeah, I want to ask more about this relationship. Like, it's friendship. Seems, it's not a relationship yet. Well, friendships are relationships in my book. Maybe not romantic relationships, but there's many kinds of relationships. But yeah, I guess that is confusing the way that our language is. Anyway. So yeah, that's uh, that's what's that's okay. So I guess anyway, you answered okay, my so, question. Well, so but you, you might also already be aware of this vibe, or maybe if there's a vibe for you, that's enough of a vibe. And maybe it's good to just make that explicit. And I mean, I've done this in like really awkward ways. Oh yeah, give me an example. Let me learn from you, Axel. Well, so my first relationship, I was very close friends with um, this person, and we were very like touchy feely with each other, and just cuddled a lot, and like mm-hmm. held hands, and it was very cute and. Eventually, I kind of started thinking, like, are we dating? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, we we weren't. We were friends. But I was like, some, there's something, there's a quality to this relationship that feels unspoken, but very deeply felt. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to make it known that that was an experience I was having. And the way that I went about that was a bit putting it on the other person, I guess. Okay. Um, Because rather than, like, come out with it and be like, hey, I have these feelings about you, I was just like, I asked if if there was, like, something going on between us. Ooh, is there something going on between us? Like, is this... (gasps) Is this, yeah. And, um... I like that that method. This friend at the time was, like, totally freaked out um, by that because they had come out to me um, as gay and I had like not come out in any way and was like assumed to be straight and so they kind of felt like I was asking like are you into me and like that's weird instead of me being like I think I have feelings for you and I'm wondering if that's a mutual thing which is what I meant but they were kind of freaked out and were kind of just like oh my gosh this straight girl thinks that I'm being creepy and coming on to her and like I'm gonna like deny it so they were like, no, 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 I don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, and then it took like a, another couple of weeks for me to be like, okay, well, regardless of whether there is something going on between us, like I kind of want there to be. <laughs> and figuring that out, like coming from like identifying as a straight person and being like, yeah, I'm like pretty straight, I think. And then like, oh no, I think I have a crush on like my best friend who's not a uh, guy Ah. and when I was more explicit and was like 
I have feelings for you. Yeah, yeah. The reaction was a lot more positive because the other person didn't feel like I was putting them on the spot and being like, do you have feelings for me? Mm. Uh, so I don't know. My, my unskilled advice is lead with your feelings and be willing to be vulnerable and potentially expose yourself and just tell the truth. If you feel it, then you can let them know. And if they feel it too, then hopefully they'll have the courage to let you know. And if they don't feel it, then maybe it plants the seed or maybe it ruins the friendship. I think, I think you just uh, gave me my theme for 2020. Be willing to be vulnerable. I think that's a good, good 2020 goal. Hmm. Yeah. My 2020 goal is like to love myself so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I think you do a pretty good job of that. You have a very strong um, self confidence, which mm. is reflective in which is reflective in your. Uh, I don't know. I'm still like my presence. Yeah, which is my totally. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I like I do. Yeah, I do have like some pretty solid sense of being a cool person I'm just like ready to level up and just stop apologizing for the parts of myself that I don't need to apologize for and stop worrying about being too much for people or like not enough and that's what I'm doing bringing it to the next level yeah stop worrying to the, to make people like you want to make people like you doing things to make people like you mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that's another big one for me and that's kind of the end of our show Nice. Well, I'm glad I got to be part of the last bit. Yeah. And I'm excited to hear the first bit on the radio tonight. So, so, have a lovely time. And if you missed past episodes, remember that you can find us on anchor.fm or Spotify or Apple Podcasts to catch up on all your query goodness. You can also find us on Facebook uh, and check out our cool fan art. Cool new fan art. That and was posted. Yeah. I actually woke up and it was going down the stairs to work and it was at my door, posted to the door of my house. Mystery fan art. Ooh. Yeah. We'll, we'll be tracking that person down to give them a good shout out. Yeah. All right. Have a lovely evening, everybody. See you at Beers for Queers on Thursday. And don't forget to be a little queer. <laughs>